Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. On this podcast, I cover a little bit of everything in agriculture and hear the stories behind a few of the people who are involved in farming and ranching from all different parts of the country. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Follow me on social media as AgProudRyan and on Facebook as AgricultureProud. And as always, you can find all the episodes and show notes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. And while you're there, go ahead and hit subscribe so you never miss a blog post or a podcast episode. Well, today I've got a conversation with the National Bison Association. Uh, Assistant Director Jim Matheson joined me recently on his trip to Great Falls for the Montana Bison Association's Winter Conference. Uh, We sat down and talked a little bit about bison ranching. Uh, So when you talk about ranching and ranchers, you don't usually think about grazing bison. And when we're talking about bison here in Montana, at least, uh, we think about bison in Yellowstone and the concerns around that and the federal lands issues that come with that and, and diseases like brucellosis. So it's really interesting to take a weekend to sit down with some bison ranchers, learn about how they're raised commercially and about the bison meat that is grown that we see in restaurants and grocery stores. And so to kind of put it in perspective, um, in the U.S., we only process about 200 bison per day. And uh, they're on different size ranches from small ranches all the way up to the largest operators, uh, such as, such as uh, Ted Turner's Enterprises, which has about 55,000 head of bison in the country. Um, so definitely an interesting uh, segment of the agriculture business and something that's, that's really cool to, uh, to learn a little bit more about. Um, so here's a conversation uh, with Jim Matheson. He's the assistant director of the National Bison Association. I think he has some pretty cool facts that you'll enjoy. Um, so be sure to stay tuned and listen to that. And you can find all the show notes and more information at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 18. <laughs> I'm here today with Jim Matheson. He's the assistant director of the National Bison Association uh, here in Great Falls, Montana. And so thanks for joining me today, Jim. My pleasure. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and, and what the National Bison Association does. Sure. So the National Bison Association, which is based in Westminster, Colorado, has been around since 1995. That was the result of two previous National Bison Associations merging. Uh, and since then, we've been working hard to preserve the species as well as our business of raising bison sustainably to provide quality protein to um, consumers. Okay. And so when most people, especially here in Montana, Wyoming, this part of the, the country, we think about bison, we think about the ones in Yellowstone National Park. Um, but today here with the Montana Bison Association meeting, um, we're working with a lot of ranchers that are raising bison commercially, correct? Correct. Um, so what, what are some of the products that they're, how, how are they utilizing those animals? Sure. So uh, commercial bison managers, uh, as opposed to public herd managers, such as Yellowstone National Park, uh, they're, they're managed a lot more thoroughly, I would say. Uh, we are raising these animals to primarily raise them for meat, as I mentioned, uh, but in a sustainable, humane way uh, that consumers are demanding from our product. We are a very small business. Uh, we process about 200 bison per day in the U.S., which compares with about 125,000 cattle per day. So we're a small sliver of the protein market here in the U.S., uh, but we're fine with that. It allows us to control quality, uh, you know, um, 
control management protocols, et cetera, to result in a, a really quality Carl, product. Yeah, the, and the bison meat market has been growing um, quite a bit, seeing it. Um, a lot of stores, a lot of restaurants are, you know, have, having bison on the menu. Um, so we see, we see bison burgers. Um, what are some of the other cuts? Absolutely. So our cuts are very similar to those that you get out of a beef animal. Uh, we've got steaks, roasts, ribs, uh, etc., as well as uh, trim, of course, and, and sausage products and, and all kinds of other stuff, jerky products. Uh, we try to utilize the whole animal. And beyond the meat cuts, uh, there's also a good market for the offal. Uh, particularly among the pet food industry these days. Uh, it's become very popular. Um, and agritourism and value-added products as well, beyond the meat. Okay. You'd mentioned a number, I believe it was, though the average consumption of bison per year for, for all Americans is 0.08 pounds. That's correct. Yep, that compares with about 90 pounds of chicken per year for the average American, uh, about 45 pounds of beef per year. Uh, so we're at about 0.08 pounds. So. Basically, if everybody had a bison burger for lunch today in the country, we'd be out of business. <laughs> well, definitely some demand growing for that product, right? That's right. Uh, we've spent the better part of the last decade uh, educating consumers about our product, uh, which has fit very nicely with some of the food trends we're seeing right now, uh, organic, naturally raised. Uh, growth hormones, for example, are prohibited from use in bison. Uh, we only use antibiotics for the welfare of the animal when in need, so the result is very natural, clean meat uh, that consumers are demanding. Um, so, so I talk a lot about in cattle and reproduction um, and a lot of my stuff, and something that you had mentioned is, is that you know bison are very susceptible to stress mm -hmm. um, and managed differently, differently than what we think about as cattle. Mm -hmm. um, and so AI, is artificial insemination, is a, is a technology that's not used much in bison. That's correct. So bison are an undomesticated species, uh, so we are, are, there's some challenges to that, but as you mentioned, uh, one of the results is that they're very susceptible to stress. So we only, out west here, we only work them about once a year during the fall roundup, otherwise they're out on their own. But, uh, so we try not to, to work them very much beyond that. Um, artificial insemination is being utilized in some conservation efforts with bison. Uh, however, on the commercial side, the technology isn't there yet. Uh, and it's it's not a normal use practice for the industry uh, as such. It is against our code of ethics at the National Bison Association uh, to artificially inseminate bison. Okay, I, that just kind of kind of caught my ear. Um, well, sure, and you know it's it's not that it's it's we're not morally against it. I would say uh, it's more a matter of the the technology isn't available to us at this point, so okay. we rely on uh, natural means of protection. Okay. No, no, that's, uh, that was just kind of interesting. So like a lot of people that are familiar with cattle production might uh, just assume sure. that AI would be used in a ruminant animal like Absolutely. that. Um, but, but something that's kind of different. So um, back to a little bit of, of the producers across the country. Mm -hmm. um, I think you had mentioned that, um, that there's 162,000 head of bison in the country, and then the average herd size is 60 uh, in, domestic, in, in production herds for commercial herds. Um, who is the average producer across the country that's raising bison commercially? Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, the, the average producer, uh, like we said, raises about 60 head. These numbers are based on the 2007 USDA Ag Census, uh, which they're, of course, uh, doing the, the census this year. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing those updated numbers. But 
based on that, <laughs> the average church size is 60 heads, so it, it is a smaller producer. Uh, we really are a diverse market. We've got folks uh, like uh, the Turner Organization that owns collectively, I think, about 55,000 head of bison on 15 or so different ranches, uh, all the way down to other folks on our board of directors who raise bison uh, on 50, uh, 50 head or so operation and, and sell meat out of their trailer. So uh, it's hard to say who the average bison producer is. Uh, you know, basically it, it depends on where you're at. The Dakotas, South Dakota is the leading state in bison production. Uh, if you get over towards uh, the upper Midwest, going towards the east, we have a lot of farms in places like uh, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, that do a fantastic job, but they're just smaller herds and it goes to do with the land, side, land mass and, and population, et cetera. Okay, um, so what's, uh, what's the harvest? Um harvest into the business look like? Where Are there major processing mm -hmm. facilities in different parts of the country? Sure. Uh, we rely on a lot of small independent processors, uh, which you know can be challenging these days and, and ever more challenging as they go, they uh, merge, etc. Uh, but we've got about five larger processors across the country that do a bulk of the processing on the commercial end. Okay. And they're located in the Dakotas, uh, Colorado, um, and Nevada. Okay. That's, that's pretty neat. Anything else that uh, folks should just kind of know about the bison industry? You know, I would mention that uh, we had a big success this year in naming the bison the first ever national mammal of the United States. Uh, we lobbied for about four years uh, with some other organizations, including the Intertribal Buffalo Council uh, and the Wildlife Conservation Society, uh, to make name the bison the, the first ever national mammal of the U.S. It's the largest land mammal in North America. It's a great conservation success story. And the fact that, you know, what I call the, the three legs of the stool being commercial conservation and tribal to come together and work collectively uh, to name this, this mammal, uh, this bison, as the national mammal, uh, is a huge success and, and speaks volumes about our cooperation in restoring the species uh, back to its native landscape. Yeah, been a lot of work in that in the last several years. Sure, um, yeah. And so great to see that kind of come through. Absolutely. So, uh, a couple of questions here to wrap up. Um, so one, if people want to learn more about raising bison commercially, um, and the National Bison Association, where, the, where can they go to find that information? Sure, our website is a great place to start. It's bisoncentral.com. You can find all kinds of information about the basics of raising the animals, uh, as well as events around the country that include bison auctions, uh, bison conferences. We've got about 14 regional associations beyond ourselves uh, that uh, provide education and outreach to bison producers. And uh, that's a great place to start. Auctions are a great place to go learn more and network with some great folks. We're a very open community. We welcome newcomers. Uh, we need newcomers. We've got a bit of a shortage on, on the meat end, and we're trying to increase production of bison uh, to meet the surging consumer demand for healthy bison meat. Okay. And on that note, um, if people are looking for bison meat, mm -hmm. um, what are some places that they can start looking? Absolutely. You know, we are uh, having more and more shelf space and major retailers like Costco, uh, Safeway, Kroger, etc. We're becoming much more mainstream in that regard. We're finding ourselves on more and more menus across the country, mostly independent restaurants. Uh, we simply don't have the supply to uh, supply a restaurant chain. So um, starting locally <clears throat> is a good, uh, at your local retailers is a good place to find at least ground bison. Uh, but I encourage people to work uh, directly with ranchers too. Our website there, bisoncentral.com, has a buyer's guide on it where you can locate local ranchers to inquire about buying uh, a whole half or a quarter carcass, for example, uh, which is an economic way to go anyway. Okay. 
All right, well, Jim Masson, I appreciate it. He's the Assistant Director, National Bison Association, here at a meeting with the Montana Bison Association in Great Falls. Great, thank you, Ryan. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jim Matheson of the National Bison Association. Uh, be sure to go to bisoncentral.com to learn more information about bison ranching here in the United States. And be sure to take a look at the show notes for this episode at agricultureproud.com podcast. Just look for episode 18 and I'll have links to more information about bison ranching there. And that's all I have for this week. Tune in next week for a new episode. And as always, you can connect with me on social media as AgProudRyan and on Facebook as AgricultureProud. Until next time, this is Ryan Goodman with the Agriculture Proud Podcast.